Hello and welcome to MTG Profits. This is episode 33 and I am your host Devin, as always joined by my co-host Andy. Hey everybody. And uh, this is a podcast where we discuss uh, all things magic with a special uh, special attention to the financial aspect of magic. And uh, just to reiterate, uh, feel free to check out our content on the website at mtgprofits.com. If YouTube is your jam, go right ahead and check out the YouTube at MTG Profits there. And, uh, of course, you can always just listen to our podcasts here and uh, and uh, enjoy our content in that way. Sure. I don't know. If, did you say check out the site, mtgprofits.com? I did. I did. Okay. Uh, well, so, uh, here it is again. Check it out. Twice exactly. as much. <laughs> That's right. You can check it out more than one time. There are no limits. It is uh, free to visit. <laughs> free, free, free. You can't be free. So yeah, nothing. But, free. So uh, this week, it's not uh, not been a very busy news week. At least not as far as I can tell. The world is pretty quiet overall. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh. Uh, I don't have any particular news items other than what the. I've got some sort of weird, uh, weird beeping in my house here, and I'm not sure. I actually have to investigate this one. I'll be right back. <laughs> Andy, shoot your news item. I'll be right with you. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> All right. Well, Devin takes care of his random house beeping. Uh, I'll. I'll chat some news here. I just saw a story just uh, just a day, actually, about uh, a new um, effort by Wizards, and uh, this is, um, I guess, about some new merchandise that Wizards is pushing here. They have some new LGBTQ merchandise um, that they're just putting out now, and it's, uh, it's a couple different items. Um, are you back? I am. I it was uh, some kind of smoke alarm problem. Uh, it was uh, it was really insistent, and um, I'm not exactly sure. Right when I got out to it, it stopped doing whatever it was doing, but it was it was giving the full fledged alarm. So I'm not sure. And it's it was an odd thing. <laughs> As we said before, all things magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it was a big news. It was, you know, it, it was heralding your your news items. So. It, it must have been. That was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it could sense the power of your message, and it decided. Uh, apparently, uh, I'm. It's, yeah. It was such a important uh, item that it was setting off alarms. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Uh, but as I was just saying, uh, there was a, a new story uh, just saw today, actually, uh, about Wizards of the Coast, and they they're just releasing some new LGBTQ merchandise. Really? Uh, yeah. So they have uh, there's a couple of different things. I think it's primarily T-shirts, uh, but um, let's see, they have some other things like bags and stickers. And uh, a water bottle and a, and a couple other things here, hats. Uh, it, it's not too, um, you know, varied as far as the designs. There's only really, I guess there's only really two designs. One is the planeswalker symbol, if you're familiar with that. It kind of looks like a fork. Yeah. And the other one is the classic Dungeons and Dragons symbol with the, the dungeon, with, with the dragon. It kind of looks in the, the, the shape of an ampersand. Uh, basically, 
Um, oh. And both of those are all rainbow colored. Okay. I was wondering in what form do these uh, items come in? So I guess that would be just the, the rainbow coalition flag. Exactly. So, for example, the shirt, it's you know it's just a plain black T-shirt with that symbol on it, either okay. one of the symbols. Such an odd thing for them to market. It's a, it's a weird thing for them to be, uh, you know, it's, it's, I understand they're like, oh, you want to promote inclusivity, but it's a strange thing to specifically cater in, in such a fashion. It almost seems very almost insulting to the LGBTQ community. But. Yeah, I, I mean, I know they they've, they've keep pushing for that and, and kind of press their, uh, you know, tolerance and, and support of, you know, people of all kind of uh, backgrounds. But um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Inclusivity and, the, and, you know, even going so far as, you know, some of the cards and characters are you know, gay or, or whatever. Um, I wonder how uh, much the binary yeah. really like interested in such things. You know, it, it's it's an odd thing. It's like they're they're always they've always been pushing, or at least lately, I should say, they've been sort of pushing. It's almost agenda driven, as if the as if the agenda will drive sales and promotion of the product. When all they have to do is make a good product, and people will enjoy it. Of of all of all types. You know, it's like you you don't have to have like, you know, special gay stuff for gay people to enjoy the cards. It's like, exactly. You know, it, it's like, you know, I've got a good friend and and um, and and he he's always said that, you know, as as a gay person, he's always found that it's somewhat condescending when people placate to his sort of quote unquote gayness and he's always found that it's problematic when they trot out like a token thing and, and try to use that as their, I guess their main selling point, you know? So, but you know what? Maybe that's, maybe that's a minority view. I don't, you know, I'm not exactly sure. And, you know, I'm not sure how that, how that's taken. You know, and, uh, like, you know, speaking from a relatively, you know, non-minority community, maybe I guess it is helpful, you know, to see like, oh, there's, you know, there's someone like me depicted in the cards. But I, yeah. but I think they've always done a relatively good job, at least, um, at least of depicting sort of, you know, maybe not necessarily LGBTQ type characters, but like they've always had like, you know black characters and woman characters sure. like all the way back, you know, going all the way back to like Mirage and stuff, you know, it's like, yeah. you, you know, it wasn't always just the strict fantasy tropes, you know, it was, they've, they've always done a relatively good job. And it seems like when they try to push to show, look how woke we are, look at how, what a good job we're doing. And we're including all people. It almost seems forced and artificial. And, and I wonder, you know, I wonder what their end goal with that is. Is yeah, I think they should focus more on things like card quality and you know gameplay mechanics, things that people care about. You know, not a not a forced uh, awakening, so to speak, of of uh, LGBTQIA. Um, you know, promotion. I, I agree. It, it does. It you know, it just has kind of a, a weird feel to it. I guess it seems that they're they're specifically calling this out and. It's just, 
I, I don't know. It's, it's like a forced, forced it thing. It feels a little you know? forced to kind of do some of this stuff and specifically set up characters with these kind of backgrounds and, and all of this. And, you know, that's, uh, no, I don't I know. Think, it, I think it probably generates some buzz for them initially. I think maybe that's why they do it. You know, it generates a little bit of buzz. People start talking about it, you know, whether good or bad, you know, people are probably like, Oh, did you hear about this? You know, blah, 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 blah. And, and then all of a sudden maybe people start paying attention, but I don't think it's going to actually help their end goal of improving sales. I think if they just improve the game quality, improve the card quality, you know, and, and, and just try to make a fantastic game, I think if you make a good game, people will come. You know? Absolutely. They, they, they should I, I focus totally agree. on the game. You know, They shouldn't yeah. be worried about what people are doing in their private lives. They shouldn't be worrying about what people are spending their money on or doing their things, other or than buying cards. Like the, yeah, yeah, it's an odd thing. You know, it's, a, it's like if you, ha- if you want to run a business, you want to sell your cards. You know, if I'm, if I'm Wizards of the Coast, I want to sell my cards to the most amount of people possible. I don't care anything about their political leanings. I don't care about their sexual orientation. You know, yeah. you do you. You do whatever you want. It's your personal private time. Yeah. You know, it's like all they need to do is make a good product and let it be for everyone. You know? I, I agree. I agree. I think that would be a better approach than trying to, you know, target certain groups with, I don't know, special promotions or... or or kind of calling them out. I, I, I think, you know, that that seems like you said, kind of a way to get a little publicity, like, like a little publicity hit. Yeah. Let's trot uh, out the token, token whatever. The, you know, this yeah. time it'll be the, you know, this time it'll be the, the bi character. Next time it'll be the trans character. You know, let's, let's yeah. trot out the, you know, because they've already, you know, trotted out, you know, other, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to have female Captain Pirates. Well, big deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I, I think, like you said, concentrate on your product. You yeah. know, make the best cards you can, get the best artwork, get the best card stock, get, get you know, make, make, the, make a good card game, and then the rest will just follow. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I really find that they, they, they lose their way when they lose that focus. And it's kind of a shame they're so busy focused on the, maybe the wrong things you know yeah. i mean how many how many years have we we've been waiting for good card stock years and years and years i mean my goodness it's like why was the card stock better in the 90s than it is now that should not be yeah and i guess to play devil's advocate you know how much how easy how utterly easy is it to make a t-shirt with by just licensing your symbol and changing a couple colors and maybe, you know, sending a couple emails or putting up some notes on a, a website versus, you know, actually, like you said, changing cardstock or actually doing... Actually you know, improving uh, your product. Real real changes, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I, I, I guess the easy way is sometimes the, you know, and then you wonder too, what goes on in in the uh, in the back room, so to speak? Because for all we know, they're having you know uh, it, turnover at higher levels or you know semi management positions. And every time in any kind of corporate situation, whenever you have any kind of turnover with a with any kind of honcho type character, mm-hmm. they have to do something to make it look like that their arrival heralds something special. So we're, I'm doing something you know, here. I'm doing yeah. something different that hasn't been done before. 
Therefore, when we see a sales uptick, I can claim credit. Because if I don't do anything different than the last guy, I won't be able to claim credit for, for yeah. that. You know, yeah. so, you know, you wonder about that sort of thing. You know, so I see it all the time whenever I see any kind of like, whenever I see any kind of management change, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, you'll be like, oh, they're doing, they'll, they'll change some metric that they're tracking or they'll push some sort of other tiny agenda piece and then they'll be able to take credit for, you know, relatively random improvement in, uh, you know, product sales or such. Sure, sure. So maybe there's some of that going on and you have somebody, some bean counter somewhere that has to come up with an idea and yep. his idea just so happens to be, uh, let's try out some some alternative uh, lifestyle bonus stuff and bring everyone's attention. Exactly, and you know it's it's kind of something that's in the the news, and it's becoming more and more of a I don't know a focal point, I guess. And uh, so you know we we better make sure we address it and get out in front of it. You know, which again, it's fine. Like everybody should be able to do whatever the hell they want. You know, it's just like. I don't know. I think it's weird when companies and, you know, governments and what have you just intrude on private lives in any way, shape or form. I, I find it distasteful. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, yeah, I, I think we're, we're both of the, the mindset, you know, full support on doing whatever you want in your lifestyle. You know, that's oh, absolutely. Great. do you do you yeah. uh, when we throw the, the corporate Corporate mothership into the uh, mix here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Strange. Strange. Yeah, agreed. But um, yeah. so, did Weird. you have any other uh, news? You know, not really. I guess uh, I've been paying some attention to uh, the sealed product box prices, as as per yeah. usual, and they've been climbing. And um, I, I don't know. I know you've sold some some stuff, and I've sold some stuff lately, and. Um, uh, it might be worth uh, mentioning to some of the listeners that um, I guess it was the Conspiracy 2 boxes we've been selling since yeah. last episode, since last week. And um, I think between the two of us, we've sold, I think, two, two, three, or the, three of those things and, and uh, generated a, a nice, healthy uh, 190 bucks for those. And the, the trend seems to be going up, so maybe we will have found uh, in three months that we sold too soon. Uh, it's uh, possible. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll have to see. The trend apparently is upward on that. So uh, the next thing we're, I'm targeting for sale is the battle bond. So we'll see. Uh, I'm going to see if I can wait for that to crest uh, or approach 200, and I'll start to unload those as well. So uh, box prices have been moving up across the board. So I'm not sure why that is. It's it's been healthy and sustained. So. Seems like uh, box prices have been creeping up, and uh, that's for almost most expansions. So that's I don't know good. if you've noticed, uh, even like Eldritch Moon and Shadows Over Innistrad, those boxes are creeping up. Even uh, you know Rise the uh, the Eldrazi and Oath of the Gatewatch. You know all these boxes have been creeping up. Uh, the Ixalan boxes are cresting a hundred already, and uh, they just recently went out of print. The Dominaria boxes. Had the surprise discontinuation of printing, and they're in the 120s, 130s, I think, oh. already. So, okay. so um, box prices are very healthy. They are healthier than I can remember in recent memory. Wow, that's great. They are uh, better than they have been since 2012. So, we see uh, a rising tide that is lifting all ships here. So, so what? What uh, out of you know of all these rising prices? Are there any that you would say go ahead and sell now? 
You, know, you mentioned well, we, we said conspiracy too. Yeah. Anything yeah. else? You know, um, uh, you, you know, it really just depends on your purchase price, realistically, and what you're after. As, as with all things, when you're buying and selling, your your entry point and your exit point really are what matters. So, I think realistically, it's a personal preference, but um, I am paying attention as well to uh, any of the specialty products. The uh, the the not super recent masters, the uh, Eternal Masters, and the other modern masters, not the Masters 25, but those have been climbing steadily and rapidly. Uh, the Eternals Masters boxes are uh, Eternal Masters are uh, I want to say uh, cresting 400 now. Oh, wow. And uh, I remember those were being garbage fire sold for a hundred and hundred and seventy. I think um, I bought um, a couple of boxes. I bought it two twenty three, and I bought it one seventy two, one seventy three. I wish I held on to them. I've already sold them, but um, but now they're uh, the the cheapest ones are uh, I want to say four hundred. So oh wow. You know, I think there is an upper limit to those boxes, and I think we are approaching it. So, okay. you know, 450, I think, is probably as high as they're going to go for a little bit, uh, I, especially since the advent of things like Etern or uh, Ultimate Masters. I think that'll put a little bit of a cap on cars or on boxes like the uh, Eternal Masters and things. But um, so, yeah, my my uh, my high, uh, you know, sell sell my uh, fire sale or sell immediately would be uh, any Eternals Masters boxes or um, like Masters 2015 boxes. If you can get in the 400s for those, uh, I would definitely sell. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of a cap on that, and I think we're rapidly approaching it. So. Hmm. But, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's what's going on in the sealed world. Uh, prices are climbing. Uh, also, there's uh, additionally the uh, new Challenger decks. They're only going to have one... Uh, re uh, one re-release wave, and that's coming soon. And um, the first wave has already been uh, distributed and sold, and the second wave is rapidly approaching. And then that's going to be it for that. So uh, Wizards is going to turn off the spigot. There will be no more reprintings of Challenger decks Volume Two. Uh, there were effectively five reprintings of those products, four to five. So um, in the first round. So. Uh, it destroyed the prices, and you know, just now are those prices starting to recover? So I would expect a, a relatively rapid bottoming of the of the 2019 Challenger decks, with a much more rapid rise in uh, price appreciation of those products, even though even though the products are not as good. So hmm. e even though they're not as good a product, and the cards are not as good, and they're about to rotate. I think you will see a little bit of a bottoming and then a, and then a quick rebound. Quick rebound. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Supply will dry up much faster. That's the difference. So, yeah. Huh. So I think that's not a bad buy and hold either. Uh, I I may uh, may look into that myself. So you're saying buy and hold for the Challenger decks? Correct. Yep. The volume two, the 2019 Challenger decks. The ones that just came out uh, yep. a week ago. The ones that just dropped. Yep. Okay. Yeah, the, their first round is already uh, already gobbled up. So most of those have been uh, purchased, allocated, and distributed. So the uh, the market has soaked them up, and um, round two is about to hit, and then that's going to be it. So hmm. yeah. nice. Yep, that's it in the, the sealed world. So I haven't been paying as good attention as I should to um, prices 
in modern for single cards. I have been uh, paying a little bit of attention to the upcoming War of the Spark. I've been sort of looking at that and trying to figure out what are my picks for that and what do I think yes. is, you know, what's going on there. I don't know if you've uh, taken a look at those yet. I, I, I have done. I've done that as well. And I, I kind of have a list of what I think are, I guess, the the hot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. I've got a, I've got a, a relatively short list. Uh, I have to, uh, basically three picks that I'm going to pay close attention to, and uh, one of them is super obvious, but um, it's all going to be about uh, the entry point price, and um, yeah. the others are um, uh, maybe not as sure a bet, but um, I think uh, give a lot easier entry point. So, uh, did you want to go over a few picks of that? Sure, or? sure. Yeah, yeah I, I guess um, just to set the stage a little bit too. So, you know, where the spark is is well underway. Most of the previews are are we've seen a lot of previews so far. Then I think they're they're probably basically wrapping up at this point since the pre-release is already going to be next weekend, uh, the weekend of the twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Um, so we, we've seen a lot of cards. We've seen a lot of the story so far. And I think as we've always seen, we see pre-sale prices for these things, and they're high. They're always very high. And then as soon as the the set drops, all the prices drop too. Yeah. So that's why we say, you know, never never buy at these pre-sale prices and and pre-order these things. Wait wait yeah. until it actually drops, and then buy. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Never pre-sale purchase. It's very, very, not, very not hard to it. pick so the winners. That's always a, a warning for here. So it's very hard to pick the winners, winners for that, or the wieners. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but we're going to try to do that for you. We're going to try to pick some winners here and take a look at what we expect. You know, this is kind of our our uh, prognostication here into the future. What we can think here that will actually rise in price and be worth your purchasing. Um, we'll, uh, we'll also revisit this, too, at a later date after, after the absolutely. cards have been released. After, after things have settled down and released, we'll take a look back and see, did it actually you know, rise in price? Did it go over what its, its pre-sale prices were, or did it just tank and disappear? Tank. Yep, yep. I'd be curious to see. The pre-sale pricing is uh, tough to... A tough, uh, tough beast to tame. So it is my, uh, very difficult to tell. Yeah, we'll see. I, I do have these cards. I, I feel are so good that I would love to have them anyway. So I wouldn't mind having these long term. I feel the these cards have a lot of room to run, and if if somebody finds a way to make them work in standard, they'll they'll run up pretty quick. I wonder if we have any overlaps. I've got. Uh, I know. Cards. I was curious. I was going to share it with you, but then I was like, well, you know what? Let's just let it roll and see. Uh, if we cross paths on any of these, yeah, yeah, my um, my number one pick. If I if I had to pick one card that um, I, I think uh, has a very has a very good chance of going up, and uh, one card that I want to purchase a lot of as much as I can get my hands on is the Sahili Sublime Artificer, uh-huh. and um, she is a three mana, and she's uh, the combination man, I forget what the the hybrid mana. Yeah. So she's a one colorless or one void mana, as they say, and okay. uh, a blue red or another yep. blue red. So her, her converted mana cost is uh, three, and uh, she requires two colors. So it's either red or blue and a colorless. Okay. And she comes with five loyalty counters. So she's pretty nice. She's born with five five token or you know five loyalty. Yep. 
for three mana, it's a pretty good deal. Her enchantment ability is uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a 1-1 servo artifact. Servo, yep. And her her, uh, planeswalker ability is minus two. And it says target artifact you control becomes a copy of another artifact or creature you control until end of turn. Except it is an artifact. So this card is banging for any of these artifact things. Like anytime you've got these big artifact decks, this card essentially allows you to produce artifacts and allows you to turn those artifacts into other artifacts so you can have your best artifacts floating around. And um, this card, I love it. I I am going to slot this thing right into my uh, artifact production decks right away. So... I'm loving it. So, if I could get these for around a dollar, boy, I'm I'm picking up as many as I can get. So, it's un uncommon too. So I uh, I uh, should throw that yeah, in. Yeah, really good, really yeah. good. And I I think also to to qualify, and I don't know if you did the same here, Dev, but um, try to pick cards uh, that are are low in value to begin with. I, I think. You know, we yeah. could say something like, oh, you know, uh, let me see, what's the highest one so far? Uh, you know, two I don't know. out of three are, are low, low-cost low picks that you could pick up a lot of. One of them is a higher-cost one. It's going to okay. be one that's uh, keep an eye on kind of thing. So, But, yeah, generally speaking, I, I, I'm not usually looking for cards that are $12 and up, you know, as a, as an investment target. I want to try to... I want to try to buy low and sell higher. That's- exactly, exactly. I'm definitely going to aim for the... Because it would be easy for us to say, oh, buy as many Tezzerets and as many Nicole Boluses as you can. Y- yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel that's kind of a, a no-brainer, but... Uh- <laughs> and honestly, I think it, it almost sets you up for a bad downfall, too, because watch you snatch up a bunch and then watch the price prom- the price plummet, like, you know, 35%, and all of a sudden you can never recoup that. So, you know, the cards I'm looking at have relatively little room to move down. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. So that's my first pick. What have you got? Uh, you know, it was tough, kind of, kind of, you know, picking through and deciding where to go with this. But um, one of the ones I thought that was was very interesting, and let's see if I can make sure I. I call the the right thing here pronounce his name correctly uh is uh, oh no is it the uh homunculus oh uh, well may, we'll see but no the one that i'm i'm picking here is tomic the distinguished advocate Ooh, i'm not as familiar so with that a one legendary creature he's not a, a planeswalker he's two white mana he's a two three flyer for two white which is not bad um, but his abilities are, are kind of unique, I feel. like it, it says, lands on the battlefield and land cards in your graveyards can't be targets of spells or abilities your opponents control. Your opponents can't play land cards from graveyards. Oh, wow. And, and I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot you could do with this, or maybe this is just as a, a sideboard kind of card. Um, I, yeah. I just felt that this is, is an interesting card for its abilities. I, I don't really, yeah. I can't really think of any other cards that are quite like that. I like those sort of weird, you know, unusual 
you know, lands you have have hex proof kind of things, you know, because we don't see that a lot, you know. Exactly. We have seen it, but it's, uh, there's a white one that does something like that, but they are few and far between. I think it is a good sideboard card, too, if you've got a, a, a guy that's doing shenanigans in his graveyard with Crucible of Worlds or Life from the Loam, things of that nature, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's, you know, that's that's always kind of the thing, too, that these kind of weird, unusual cards, these outliers, whether it's, you know, an older kind of card that's now with ability that's now in a creature or, or something. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think you can go wrong there. And he's right now, the, the pre, pre-sale, uh, pre-release price here is a dollar for him. Okay, so not bad. I think he can definitely do better than a dollar. I could, oh, I could see two dollars nice. for him. Oh, that's great. But we'll, we'll see. I yeah, keep tabs. Yeah. So that's one of your. Is that like? Would you say that's your highest? I guess um, confidence pick. Would you say that's your number one? Uh, no, no, I don't think it's my my uh, my highest one. Uh, but it's, okay. it's it's in there. Okay. I, I feel most yeah. of these are about the same level. But my last one is probably one that I feel extra special about <laughs> i hear you it gives me a yeah. warm feeling <laughs> a warm feeling in your in a little <laughs> special areas <laughs> but <laughs> i have uh that's the healy sublime artificer is definitely my my top pick i i think if i'm gonna buy one to load up on that's gonna be the one yeah. my um my second pick is actually a, a, one of these wonderful utility cards which i i've been i've been loving these lately and it's uh and graph's rampage uh, okay. This is another uncommon. It's a black and a red. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is that it's sorcery speed, but it's one of these choose one, and it's target player sacrifices an artifact, or target player sacrifices a creature, or target player sacrifices a planeswalker. So, you know, it's for two mana. Uncommon, once again, and this is another yep. uncommon. You know, they may not have a whole lot of planeswalkers in play. So you dropping this card is going to make them sacrifice their only planeswalker. Yeah. So or oh, you got a troublesome creature. Boom, sack the creature. Oh, artifact. Oh, boom, sack the artifact. So artifact creature or planeswalker for two mana. You know, tons of utility, tons of value, just wonderful. I, I love the utility that these cards provide. And um, utility. Yeah, this card I think uh, pre-sale pricing is about fifty cents. So can't can't beat that. I think that I think this card will see some play. So that's uh, my my second pick for. Uh, I think it's good. Yeah, it's very low casting cost with a lot of utility. Uh, absolutely. I think any of these things that are option cards are, are are great picks. I really love these. I really love these. I love playing them in my decks, and I love pulling them in my drafts. I, I just I just find them so useful. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. So what's your uh, second well, let's pick? Let's see. Here? My second pick. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll go with what we said. So the second pick I did have on my list, as you kind of hinted at, is uh, Flips. The, the oh, Flubth or whatever. Flips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Flibblethip. Flibbethip? I'm not sure exactly his correct uh, pronunciation. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to pick this guy. He was close to making my uh, yeah. I, 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 I picked him mainly for well for a couple reasons. A because of his his flavor as a character. He's kind of shown up 
in a couple different places, and I think there's a little bit of a maybe a fan favorite for for the character. I like have him in in the card form is is kind of fun. Um, and also he's he's kind of got some unique abilities, which seems to me there there's probably a way that you can manipulate to draw a lot of cards. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He he's basically kind of a little card drawing homunculus where he when he enters you draw a card. If he came from your library, you draw two cards. Or if he was cast from your library. And if he gets becomes targeted, he just disappears back into your library. It seems like there's gotta be some ways to abuse that. Yeah. You know, I like that also he's uh legendary, so that the legendary creatures that matter, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a fun thing too. You could kind of explore that and but uh, yeah, I, I, I like it. I like that he's only two mana as well. So, you know, worst case scenario, you're like, okay, I drop a two mana, one one, draw a card. That's exactly. You know, that's value right there. You know, yeah, so, draw a card. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, you know, can't can't go wrong with that. And you're right. If if you find a way to, you know, cast him while you're digging, then, then the more the merrier. You know, I can't think of yeah. too many off the top of my head that allow for that, but. Um, I still I still like it. If it entered from your library, it was cast from your library. Uh, yeah, now there's a bunch of red cards. Yeah, that allow you to look play. at the top card. Uh, if you want to cast it, go ahead, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah Maybe yeah. something like that. I don't know. Yeah, kind of neat. Yeah. So I, Very I good. Fun. And he's cheap. He's only pre, pre-release price here, about a dollar, so... Nice. You know, I, I I think he might dip. I, so I think he might be one to watch and then and then pick up. You know, so we'll see. I I can see him going to fifty cents and then start climbing. Yeah, exactly. Really, I guess it just depends on if if somebody finds a use for him. But I guess that's true for all these cards, which is also why they're hard to evaluate price wise too. So yeah, but uh, very good. My uh, my third and final choice is one of these uh, semi no brainer ones, but um, okay. you know it's um, it's definitely a power card, and it's uh, it's up there. It's already uh, fourteen dollars fifty cents, and it's the uh, Liliana Dreadhorde General. Oh yeah. So she is. I think she's probably the real deal here. Uh, her her enchantment ability says whenever a creature you control dies, draw a card. Now, the nice thing about that is it does not exclude tokens. Whenever a creature you control dies, draw a card. So yeah. that right off the bat is just like screaming, like, abuse me. I'm ready for oh, it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, she she's six mana. She's a six loyalty planeswalker. Her plus one ability says create up to two black zombie tokens so she can protect herself a little bit. Her minus four ability is each player sacrifices two creatures. So uh, that's some nice, you know, that's some nice protection right there. You drop her, you know. So, I mean, imagine this for the sake of argument. The enemy's got a little bit of a board presence. So you drop her. You sacrifice two creatures, they sacrifice two creatures, but you also drew two cards in the process. Because your sacrificing of your own creatures allowed you to draw cards from her enchantment ability. So, you know, I think this is the real deal. This is going to do well. And uh, her minus nine is, uh, you know, each opponent chooses a permanent they control, 
of each permanent type and sacrifices the rest. So it's one of those choose your favorite and everything else dies. But yeah. this to me is all about the enchantment ability. When the creature dies, you draw a card, creating zombie tokens. And, um, you know, I love that when she drops, she can wipe two critters right off the bat. That's really and, good. Um, so I think this one, you know, even though it's $14, ah, this one, this one, I, I could see this one going into the mid twenties. This could be one that spikes off and, uh, yeah. It's hard to know when to buy these, and they're so pricey because it is hard to pull the trigger on this. But yeah, agreed. But um, I do think she could be like the, you know, sort of like the Teferi or the uh, the uh, the um, oh, what's that little um, colorless artifact guy, the golem, Urza's buddy, Karn. Karn, thank you. Yeah, it could be like another Karn or another. Yeah, you know. And not as good as Teferi, but um, I, I don't see this getting to Teferi's price point either. The no. other thing, too, that I that I think is important to note, I think these boxes will be opened in such massive, massive, monstrous quantity that um, it'll suppress the prices more so than we've seen in some of the other more recent sets. I think this is going to be opened like, you know, Three times more than Domino. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. There's so, there's there's so, much, so much desire for this. These, yeah. these planeswalkers and, and this set. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be open to, to the max. <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be like a Cons of Tarkir revisited. I don't know if you remember, but when with Cons of Tarkir and the uh, the Allied Fetches, so many of those boxes were open. Those boxes were opened to the extreme. And even cards that were very good played as four ofs in decks that were played in standard. Yeah. Those rares never climbed over like, you know, 50 cents. Like the Mantis yeah. Riders and the yeah. uh, the yeah. Siege Rhinos and stuff. And these cards were played as four ofs. I don't know if you remember what a, what a, what a problem that Siege Rhino was. But oh, I remember the Siege Rhino. That yeah. thing was in like every deck because mana was so... Multicolored mana was so easy, and yep. um, you could get three colors no problem. And um, and that siege rhino was in like every deck, like four ofs, because he was so efficient. Even that thing never got over like two bucks, and it was in like every single deck. So I think we're gonna see a similar price suppression with this set. That um, the the sheer volume of the cards going to be available on the market will suppress prices. Yeah. Which again is why pre-release pricing should be avoided if at all possible. Absolutely. Uh, um, but so I don't think this Dreadhorde General will get to the levels of Karn or Teferi. I don't think she's quite as good as Teferi anyway. No. But um, but uh, she'll. I think uh, of useful cards, she's really up there. I could see her getting used a lot. So I I, I don't know if she would get more than twenty, but um, I could see her getting into the twenties. So. Yeah, I'll, I, I I'll keep agree. an eye on it and sort of sort of watch that one. Yeah, she is definitely something to to keep an eye on. Yeah. So what's your uh, what's your third and final here? Well, I, I actually have a couple bonus ones. I'll throw those in quick. But um, you know, the the one other one that I, I had to add in. There's already been a lot of discussion, I think, on this one. Is our favorite? We we got to keep with goblins here. So it was Krenko, the the Ten Street mm -hmm. Kingpin. That's right. I think there's there's always been love for goblins. They've always been a big clan. Uh, that was one reason for for picking him. Uh, he's also uh, fairly cheap. He's only around a dollar, so that's it's it's pretty reasonable. 
And I think he's another one that's going to be, you know, easily abused. And he's only going to make the the goblins stronger here. So whenever he attacks, put plus one, plus one counter on it. Then create a number of goblin, one, one goblin tokens equal to his power. Yeah, I like this. This is fun. This is fun for, like, any casual player. This is like, ooh, this is so tasty. That's really yeah. tasty. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the maybe the old Krenko was a little more powerful, but um this one's pretty good too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so you know, we've always goblins have always been popular and I, I'm sure, you know, he's not gonna be an ex- exception. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, the, the Krenko mob boss from before was man, he was tapped to create X one one goblins. Where X is the number of goblins you control. Yeah, that sucker would just get out of control wow. pretty quick. You know, he has to be killed or else. I mean, which yeah. uh, was he a dual deck? Where did he come from? Or was he? Uh... He was originally, wasn't he? Originally an M. He was in the dual decks. Um, Gosh, folks versus goblins. But uh, I thought he was originally a M13. Yeah, M13. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Oh gosh, yeah. So I think Krenko is, is definitely going to go. I could see him, you know, maybe maybe a dollar fifty, two dollars. It's not going to go super high, but he, he'll he'll definitely go up. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's got casual appeal written all over it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's going to do well. Yeah. Um, a couple other just really quick ones here that I really thought were were great and undervalued. Um, roll reversal, which is a rare. Um, it's a blue rare, um, currently about 50 cents or so. Uh, and the, the, the reason I like this is it just seems so, so much potential with this. Um, two blues and a red sorcery rare exchange control of two target permanents to share a permanent type. Oh, like a, like a donate sort of effect. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you obviously you're gonna you exchange the best thing that you have or the worst thing that you have with the best thing somebody else has. <laughs> yeah, neat. So you know, wow, I'll trade my my ornithopter for your soul ring or whatever. You know, you could go any or your or your blade steel colossus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. For three mana, this seems like a pretty good deal. Three mana. I mean, you, you can shift the the game entirely yeah this is really i think pretty fun in uh in, in a uh, limited as well this could you know you take their best creature and give them one of your garbage ones yeah this and and that's and not even just creatures i mean this could be land it could be artifacts it could be enchantments whatever yeah absolutely so yeah. i don't know i think it's pretty good huge potential yeah pretty good um, and, and two other really quick ones here. Uh, the Wanderer as a new uh, Planeswalker. Man, that seems really good. And, and uh, uh, Oh, this is the uh, the uh, Damage Preventer? The Damage Preventer. For oh, okay, three colorless, one white. Prevent all non-combat damage that would be dealt to you and other permanents you control. And that's the static ability. For minus two, exile target creature with power four or greater. And starts with five loyalty counters. Yeah, I this mean, is a juicy. This is a juicy one. This one almost made my list. I was like, ooh boy. Because uh, I love the damage prevention. 
Yeah, just that alone. That static ability is awesome. <laughs> it, it is. It's really good. Oh, guess what? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shock your your wizard. No, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a good one. I love that this is only an uncommon too. I really like this a lot. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, and really quick, you asked, you know, which one did I think was, you know, kind of at the top of my list or something extra extra good? This one really caught my eye just because I it just seems like a really great value, and uh, that's the Pledge of Unity. It's uh, one colorless, one green, one white. It's an instant, and I, I pay special attention to the instant part. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Gain one life for each creature you control. Oh, wow. That's only uncommon, too. Wow. Only uncommon. It's hovering now around 25 cents. Wow, that seems pretty good. That seems really good to me. This one totally made it under my radar. I didn't even see this one. I must have I saw mean, the colors and thought, weak, pass. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think the maybe what really caught me was the instant part on that. And, yeah, yeah, and all creatures that you control. And a life. That has so much benefit at instant yeah. speed. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this looks pretty nice. I got to say, this looks fun. This, this again, reminds, look, this is casual play written all over it. Oh, absolutely. It, it reminds me of, what was it from? Um, gosh, it was a couple of sets ago where it was a, it was a, I think a Johnny was on it, and it was, I want to say it was only like two mana. All your, your permanents get hexproof and indestructible, I think it was. Is that one of those commands, Dromokas command or something like that? No, it's not a command. It was from um, Unfordable Will or something. Um Okay. And, you know, that was, like, under the radar. I remember when it came out was Indomitable Will, maybe. And then um, it, it it just it went huge. It went from, like, a 50-cent card to, like, a $5 card or $4 card. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, why didn't I think of this earlier? This card is awesome. Yeah, this looks pretty fun. This looks fun. Yeah. It, it, again, these cards are uncommon, so these are these are, you know... These are available for the masses. You don't have to be rich to be playing these fun cards. Exactly. So, you know, go out and have some fun. It's not all about the the money, but the money is nice. <laughs> so, I really like a lot of these choices. I like how they're not all rares and mythic rares this time around. I, exactly. Kind of I don't think you have to, you know, as we've seen, a lot of uncommons have, have rose in price, you know, and hopefully yeah. we'll see that again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess to, to sum up, Devin, your picks were Sahili, the Sublime Artificer, correct, uh, Angrath's Rampage, and uh, Liliana, the Dreadhorde General. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I was looking at Tomic, the Distinguished Advocist, uh, Flips, the the Lost, or Filps, the Law, Flips, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Krenko, the Tin Street Kingpin, uh, Roll Reversal. The Wanderer, and as a special pick, Pledge of Unity. So we'll 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 mark these down in the prices right now, and then we'll revisit them after the launch and see how they do. Very good. So, all yeah, right. That'll so, do. Yeah, it keep an eye on it. We'll we'll have more uh, War of the Spark discussion and picks and other stuff uh, next week as we're, we're we're coming into the launch and uh, yeah, exciting time.
Absolutely. Looking for, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a good good set. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So with that, as always, as always, may your picks always be profitable. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you again next time. See you then. Bye.